Welcome to She's Called and Confident, a podcast dedicated to helping Christian women cultivate inner confidence and make an impact while pursuing their calling. Are you ready to stop living your life on autopilot and giving your time and energy to things that don't satisfy you? You have a burning desire inside of you, and the longer you try to ignore it, the stronger it gets. You know it's time to take action towards your dreams and calling, but you wonder, is this really from God or is it just me? What if I put myself out there and I fail? Or my gosh, what if it works? I'm your host, Yolanda King, a mom, wife, entrepreneur, and empowerment social worker. I'm obsessed with helping you unlock your potential and live out your calling with confidence. Each week, I will share with you behind the scenes of living out your God-given calling, inspiring stories and strategies that help build the life you love. Are you ready? I know you are. Let's do this. Hey, sis. So we're almost to Valentine's Day here in the United States. And last week, I told you that I wanted to record a podcast all about getting the support from your spouse when it comes to your calling your ministry, your passion. And although I don't want this show to be so long, I do want to bring Jarrell onto the podcast and maybe grab one or two pointers from a male perspective on how it could be easier to get the support from your spouse, but through a man's perspective, because of course I could only give so much of what I think went on. And I've shared it many times that The way I approached my business was totally the wrong way. But nevertheless, I feel that you learn from your experiences, you learn from your mistakes. And so I thought that this would be a really fun episode and beneficial for you, especially if you feel that you are on the path to pursuing your calling and you know this is what God has called you to do. You have the fire inside of you and yet you face the block of your spouse not understanding the fire that God has placed inside of you. And I am a firm believer that if God has called you to a certain ministry, if God has called you to a certain business, you have to be united with your husband in one accord in order for it to succeed. And even though it took me a while, it took me, um, to be really frank and honest, it probably took me about a year and a half, but I would not have it no other way because once we were in one accord and aligned, Then I started seeing my business take off and and it's been amazing to see our relationship even been, it's been amazing even to see our relationship grow throughout this journey. And so without further ado, here is my husband, Jarrell. (laughs) Jarrell, welcome to the podcast. Hey, how you doing? (laughs) So this is going to be very, so if you hear us giggling and laughing, this is the first time we're actually doing anything like that, so but I'm sure it won't be the the last. And so I kind of twisted your arm a little bit in being in the podcast and you were like, come on. <laughs> but I honestly thank you for being here. I want to get into your head a little bit as much as I can and as much as you're willing to express about some of the earlier earlier days of when I started my business. Yeah. And Honestly, from your perspective, and of course, it might be a little bit hard to swallow for me, but I kind of want a little bit of honesty so that we can process some of the things that you saw I did wrong. And in my head, I was tunnel vision thinking I'm going to grow this business It's going to be super successful. We're going to get out of debt. And all my time was in just on my computer. And 
I don't know. What, what did you feel in the beginning stages? Well, I can say for the first thing, just kind of like being a husband, but also always thinking very, very, very logical. When you came to me and said that you're starting a business and it's going to take this, this and that. And I was just like, okay, I'm not interested because the first thing I know about doing business is you're going to be spending money. And that was one point of it. And so you're going to be spending money. And also on top of that, you're going to be spending time. And so those are two things that at that moment I wasn't willing to give up from the family. But yet you just kind of because of you felt the calling, you kind of went with it and kind of just left everybody out of it. And so because we didn't communicate further than that, that's where things became a little shaky, a little rocky, I guess you could say. Hmm. There was a few things that I would like to highlight. You had said that, like, I just didn't. What could I have done to get your buy-in into this? Well, I guess as a man, as a husband, is would have probably been to first try to earn my full attention to it, but also show the interest of just life still and not just secluding yourself to try to get something done, which I think we all do because when anybody gets passionate about anything, you just move forward with it. And so I think if we could have communicated more before you went forward and if we could have actually had a plan that maybe wouldn't have maybe um, put us in a really position of confinement as far as financials go and also position of where, you know what I mean, family, I guess I could say, where I was taking on more of the responsibilities with the kids and things around the house. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. Yeah, I, I remember having this communication with you. And so I'm going to play that devil's advocate here and say the statement. But I communicated this with you and I told you how much time it was going to take because I remember saying certain statements. And so I feel like sometimes, and maybe you could agree or disagree and whatever is fine. I think that sometimes... As spouses, male and female, we, we all do this. We communicate something, but the other spouse doesn't under, kind of quite doesn't understand <laughs> the full context of what we're trying to explain. For I sure. think, yeah, I definitely will stand behind that. And I communicated, but not to the full extent of what it was going to require. One, because you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And two, for the fear of not getting your buy-in, which ultimately <laughs> it kind of bit me in the butt after a few months, but that's for a whole different story. And then I also have to point out that you said it very like nicely, but I'm going to like put myself out there. Like you took on the responsibility of the household, the kids, everything. And all I, all you were seeing is somebody glued to her computer 24 seven. Is that correct? Yeah, you can say it like that, but I think more because of the way, obviously, 
me and my wife, you know, the way that I'm wired and I was, and I'm wired in a financial, always on the financial aspect of things. So I'm always thinking about the money. And so the glue to the computer thing, I do remember you saying that it's going to take a lot of time. And I say, cool, no problem. I don't mind you spending a couple months and then I take on extra responsibility. And when you said that, I was like, hey, you know what? I do remember that now. And so the other part of it is just like, okay, you're glued to your computer, but yet we're still, to be honest, we're still behind on this bill or falling behind over here. Also, I don't know how close that was when, uh, you know, obviously my, my dad passed away, but everything was just kind of, kind of a lot um, financially around there. And so, uh, that's part of mainly part of what I remember as far as the thing, because me, I'm kind of like, if something just takes time, but it doesn't take money, go for it. But most things that take time, take money also. And so that's kind of what sticks out to me. Mm. And, you know, you bring in, so you bring in a really good point that I want to talk about because a lot of women, uh, me including, I fell into this trap of being busy and doing busy work without even actually getting any income in return, without even seeing anything come into the business, quote unquote. And here I was putting in 20, 30, 40 hours a week and seeing nothing. And so, of course, on your end, you're like, well, what is she doing? After eight months, you're seeing nothing. So I could definitely see where you felt or you thought any of that stuff. I do have a question, though. Did you feel that it was a calling back then? A calling for you? Yes. I did feel that it was a calling. I just, there was kind of like the mention of we can do this together. And I was just, you know, thinking like, this is your calling. If God is calling you to do something I will support you. And that's kind of why I, I, in one part of it, I'll be like, yes, if it just takes time, then I'll support you and, and let you have that time. And I'll take on the extra responsibilities and support. But I think because we didn't communicate fully, and maybe if we would have been able to communicate um, fully, I would have understand the financial side of it too, as far as taking on those extra responsibilities, giving you that time and also finding out where we can make some sacrifices in the finances. When do you feel was a pivotal moment where you started seeing, okay, she is making a difference. This is something. A couple of times when you mentioned, you know what I mean, that there's these few women that were impacted and obviously just loving people and loving God. You always love to hear that back to the financial side of it is when the money starts coming in, you start thinking like, okay, there's something happening. And it didn't, for me, you know, it didn't matter if it was 12 bucks, a hundred dollars, $200. It was just like, there's something. And so when I think about business, I think about the graph. I think about the chart. I think about when you're in the red and you got when you're in the green. And so I see the shifting that way in my mind is just like, if everything's in the red, then that's, it's no good. And then when there's any kind of income, 
then it kind of like it starts to shift, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And I definitely feel like if it's a calling, God will bring forth the revenues. If you've been called to entrepreneurship, if you've been called to business, God will definitely see the revenues because it's something he has called you to and not to play an expensive hobby that is impacting your family. So I want to end with this. Do you have any advice for any entrepreneurs who are struggling? Struggling maybe with communicating their calling to their husbands, I guess, and like it wasn't our situation. I would say give yourself the extra moment to communicate. I would feel like other husbands would feel that they can sacrifice the little bit of time when it doesn't cost anything. But before you go into the financial aspect, because I believe that any business you have to, it takes money to make money. And so I do believe in investing in yourself. I do believe in investing in your business. And so I would say to have a those difficult conversations, but also some great conversations. And, um, you know, as an entrepreneur, you're trying to sell yourself online as far as, you know, you're a coach and you want to empower people, you want to help people, and this is the way you're going to do it. So I believe that if that's your calling, you're equipped also to convince your husband, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and you have that same aspect and maybe because he's your partner, it might take a little bit more time. But once he is convinced, I just believe that you don't have to do anything secretively. You don't have to do anything um, behind his back. You don't have to hide to do anything. And everything is going to be out in the open and on the table. And, you know, maybe he might even do a few little things for you here and there. And so I think that there's no better place to be working with the open communication space with your husband as far as how the business is going to go and how it's going. He might not be interested in all the little things, but I can guarantee you that he's going to be interested in one, how you're doing and two, how's the financial part of it? How's the financial part impacting? Because he might be thinking as a provider, how's that financial part of it is impacting the family? And so if he feels in any way that by you doing your business is hurting the family, he's not going to be on board. And so if you can communicate to him that by doing this business is going to complement the family and maybe even one day uh, completely uh, liberate the family in a like financial aspect as far as like whatever you guys plan on doing, whatever, I guess, uh, floats your, your boat. And so I would say just spend that time and communicate it before you go forced into something that may be affecting the family that you want to do, but nobody else is on the same plan or in the same plan book. That's what I would share. I love it. Thank you for joining us today. Not a problem. So there you have it. You were able to see Jarrell's perspective, a male's perspective. When a spouse is starting a business, a nonprofit, a ministry, and 
the opposite end, right? The one end, somebody's very passionate. They know this is what they've been called. And on the other end, how someone could perceive it or the lack of communication can later on affect the relationship. Now, Jarrell was nice. <laughs> I was pretty horrible when all this started and pretty neglectful of my responsibilities, which is one of the reasons why I feel that it took a while for me to grow this business because I was not doing it the right way. I was not doing it God's way. And this is why I'm a big advocate for being a steward of what you currently have, your current resources, your current responsibilities, so you could grow your container of blessings and and what God can trust you with. And God can trust you with clients and God can trust you with growth in your ministry, ministry, business, nonprofit. And so With that, I also want to add a couple things, well, three things that I know can be beneficial if you are trying to convince your spouse about your business ministry. (laughs) So the first one is to have clear communication. I mean, Gerard had said it perfectly. He mentioned communication so much in this podcast episode. And granted, this was a very raw conversation. This was not very formal. Um, This was like, hey, you know, I'm going to turn this this audio on and let's just have a conversation real quickly about the early stages of my business. So it was very, very relaxed. Um, It was not like intended to be a long interview, but I wanted to capture some raw emotions and his personality as well, very down to earth. So according to him, communication, he wished he would have known the way it was going to be differently. And so looking at how can you communicate clearly with your partner, with your spouse on everything that you are trying to venture on so that you can have the full support of them. The second thing is I want you to be a person by your word, meaning If you say, hey, this week I'm going to need help because I really want to launch my website. I really want to launch this offer and I'm going to be working on this. That means Monday through Sunday or Monday through Saturday, you are going to be working on what it is that you said. And that means by the end of the week, you should have some kind of result to show your partner. I wish I would have done this sooner. I wish I could have showed him all the progress so that he doesn't think I'm just sitting around on the laptop on social media mindlessly doing nothing. I need you to be productive. So when you say you're going to do something, do it. If you only have one hour to crank up four social media posts, then make sure you get to work and not be distracted so that you can move the needle forward in your business and your partner could see that you're getting stuff done. And the third is to have clear boundaries between working hours and family time and responsibility. I don't want you working 24-7. And even though when you're starting something, it's going to take a lot of your time. I want you to have clear boundaries, meaning if you work and you get out at 5 and you get home at 530, and you're going to decide that you're going to be working in your business from the hours of 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., that means those are the hours you're going to work. That means from 5.30 to 7, you're with family. From 9 o'clock and on, you're getting ready for your night routine, giving everybody a kiss and saying goodnight or anything. This is really healthy and it's going to discipline you to run a business, not run an expensive hobby, and make the best with what the time that you have. Trust me, if you only have five hours of week to dedicate to your business, that means how can you maximize those five hours to the best of your ability? 
Now, I know you can do this. I hope also you got some golden nuggets from Jarrell. I was actually really excited. I know it's not going to be the first time. <laughs> very vulnerable here for me to share that, but I thought that that would be very powerful and important. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show, leave a rating and review over on iTunes, and see you next week. Bye.